the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we are wrapping up this series called The Abundant Life, which you can find at reallife.org. But here's a question. How do you know if you have an abundant life? When have you arrived? The key is not in how much you get, but in what you generously give. There is great freedom when we trust God enough to live generously. In this final sermon, Pastor Sean starts us off in Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham. The message is called Coming Full Circle. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. I want to talk about generosity. Because I believe generosity has a powerful impact in people's lives. I think it can have a powerful impact for God. There's a beautiful illustration of that. The now movie, but the musical, Les Mis, Les Miserables, uh, is a great story of a criminal, a man named Jean Valjean. His crime was actually stealing bread, but he's imprisoned. In prison for many years, he becomes bitter and hard. He's released. He can't in any way find work because his papers state him as a criminal. And nobody will hire him, and he becomes angry, bitter. He's trying to beg And he just becomes this angry man until one day he's sleeping in the door of a church and the priest from the church wakes him and shows him kindness, invites him to dinner, treats him as an honored guest, gives him respect, gives him a bed for the night. And Jean Valjean, in his fear, his anger, his bitterness, chooses to rob the parish and steal the silver. And I want to show you a clip where he's actually brought back. And the priest's response is one of those things that changes this man's life the whole direction. Actually, we're going to show you two clips kind of pieced together. The first is the priest's response and how it transforms Jean Valjean. And, and then we're going to kind of clip into a, a moment of prayer where he's talking to the Lord about how this impacted him. And of course, if you know the story, he becomes a different man. It changes him. He becomes a generous person. He changes the life of a young woman and her daughter, and then many others as a result of what God did in generosity through this one priest. What a beautiful picture. And then as you watch the rest of the movie, him live a life of generosity, and he becomes a different person because of an act of kindness and generosity done in the name of the Lord. It's powerful. It's transforming. I think today we're going to kind of come full circle on this whole conversation. You remember we started with God's heart of blessing. That's where we began. We said, if you want to understand God's heart for your finances, you got to understand God's heart for you. His heart is to bless. That's what he does. He pours out blessing. And today I want to take us and kind of wrap it right where we started. I think God's heart of blessing is the core understanding if we're going to understand generosity. You remember, we started out by talking about what God brought to Abraham. And, and this is a significant passage, Genesis 12 because God is beginning to work with the people. We, we see creation. We see God talk about blessing. Okay, we talked about Moses and God spoke to, about blessing. We talked about David. God talked about blessing. In the New Testament, we saw we're a part of that. God's blessing. 
Jesus talked about God's blessing. But this passage, it sets the tone for what God wants to do. And we understand we're part of the faith that was begun with Abraham's belief, which is credited to him as righteousness. And here's what God says to Abraham. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This core idea of blessing. And I just want to say, as we talk about generosity, I believe one of the times when we are most like Father is when we are generous. We reflect his heart. Now, Paul, in 2 Corinthians 9, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. He gives, I guess, in a condensed kind of few verses here, like nine verses, he gives this incredible teaching on generosity. There's more truth, more principles on generosity in these few verses than maybe anywhere else in the scripture. And so I want us to look at that today. Paul's seminar on generosity in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's take a look at it. Paul says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He goes back to the law of the harvest. Remember the law of the harvest, you reap what you sow. And it's kind of, if you're thinking in an agricultural sense, it, it's like, well, that's common sense. You know, you throw a few seeds, you're going to get a few plants. You throw a lot of seeds, you're going to get a lot more plants. That's what he's saying. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, you will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Very important idea. And he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Key idea. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. There's a lot of power in generosity. Life-changing, life-transforming possibilities. I want to suggest to you that there's something that happens until we are generous, the full blessing that God intends for us cannot be complete. The resources he gives us, whether that be time, talent, treasure, whatever it is, I believe those resources can't be the blessing they're intended to be until we get to that place of generosity. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God's circle of blessing is made complete when we are generous. God's circle of blessing is made complete when we are generous. Let's take a look at this diagram. This is fundamentally what verse 11 is talking about. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Take a look at this. Circle of blessing and generosity. It all starts where God blesses. And, and, and here's the thing. We all have to understand that it begins with him. It's all his. He starts it. We know that. And then it goes on and says, we receive blessing. 
Now, I, I just want to say, some people go around through life and they don't think they've received any blessing. And that is a dangerous place to be. We have all received blessing. So much of what we have, where we're born, the family we're born into, the relationships we're born into, the opportunities we have, the resources that have come our way. If you stop and think about it, and this is, you know, there's an old song that we used to sing in church when I was a kid, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. Kind of a goofy little song, right? Sticks with you. If I just start singing it, those of you who know it, it's going to be in your head all day now. That's my gift to you. But actually, for a goofy little song, it's a wonderful, brilliant practice, devotional practice. At times you think, boy, I've had it hard, and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Some people have had it hard. Some people have had some hard knocks. They have had some rough situations in life. But even in that situation, I believe you can stop and say, but you know what? I had this. God gave me this. And I had this opportunity. This person expressed a kindness to me. This person was generous with me. God did this. God did this. God did this. And you can literally enumerate the goodnesses of God that have been given in your life, the blessings of God. So it starts, the circle of blessing and generosity starts when God blesses, we receive blessing, and then third, we're generous. So we take this blessing, and this is such an important part of this. I don't think the circle of blessing can be complete in my life until I have the opportunity to be, be generous. Through that, another receives blessing. There is that level. They just, a need is met. Someone is fed, someone is given resource, a ministry is funded, a, a Group is, is helped, the person, a neighbor is helped, the person works out, whatever it is. Somebody was blessed. But then God is thanked. You know why? Because as uh, Jen and Galen were talking about, we put the generosity of God on display. There's something when a child of God, in the name of God, is a, just a generous person. It's powerful. God is thanked, and then ultimately God is glorified. And he is lifted up. And as more people come into his glory, they begin to discover, wait a minute, he is a God of blessing. And then the circle continues, and it keeps going. And we've created this loop, this circle of blessing. I truly believe, even on a personal level, and this is really important, that when God blesses me, that's like the first blessing, if you will, the first part of that. The second part is when I am able to be, with some of those resources, generous. And I think if I never get to that point, my, my blessings, my resources can actually become something that doesn't bring joy at all, becomes a burden. I've told you before, I grew up around some pretty wealthy people, and I knew a lot of them. And I, I shared with you, I did not see that wealth as a source of joy, by and large, as a source of happiness, as a source of freedom. I saw those, I didn't see those people as, as happier, kinder, more gregarious and generous people. I often saw them to be closed, tight. And it, I, as a young person, kind of saw, okay, wealth is not, does not correlate with happiness. In fact, I saw among those at that highest place, I saw almost a reverse correlation. But there were some exceptions. A- actually, to, to the person, those who had a lot of resource but were joyful, they were open, they were free, they were relaxed, they were welcoming. Almost to the person, you can point and find, oh, they were generous. Yes, they had a lot of resources, but they were different because they were generous with their resources. They didn't walk around with this kind of closed fist and this idea of got to protect my stuff and my kind of access to me because of my resources. There was a sense of openness because they just were a generous person. And so their wealth and their resources wasn't something that was this heavy burden. It actually, they, they encountered a different kind of joy and a freedom. 
I really think that can transform. I think generosity transforms us. I think it can transform others. I think it is a powerful spiritual opportunity if we'll grab onto this idea of generosity. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Coming Full Circle, which is available right now on the media page at reallife.org. Just look for the series called The Abundant Life, where there you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author, invites you to check out his brand new book. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now back to the message, Coming Full Circle. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Now, Paul makes a few points. I need to make them pretty quickly here. I've got to do some fast preaching. And you're like, oh, Sean, how we wish you were capable of that. <laughs> okay, you didn't have to laugh that hard. Wasn't that funny? I, mean, I, I could do it, maybe. All right, I'll get to it. First thing, and this is so important, generosity gratefully recognizes God's gift. Generosity greatly recognizes God's gift. If you don't recognize God's gift in your life, you're going to have a very hard time being generous. We can get this weird idea of almost a weird kind of justice thing going on. Well, I had to earn my own. I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I had to do it all alone. Well, it'll be good for them. They should too. And and you can get this weird warped idea of justice so that you you almost can't be generous. It's broken. And, And the problem is, you don't recognize God's gifts. You don't recognize how much of what you have was a gift in the first place. We understand. The scripture says in Genesis 1.29, it says God gave man every plant to eat from. It's all from God, right? In the garden. We understand it's all his. John 3.16, our salvation. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. It's just the way it is. If we sat here and read every, every scripture that had God gave, God gave, we'd be here all morning. The nature of God is to give. Here's the point. God gave first. Whatever, before I can even begin to be generous, I got to understand God gave first. What we have is from him. Every bit of it. Everything. Look at Acts 17, 25. I find this kind of humorous because some people think, well, preachers talking about generosity. It's because God's, you know, hurting and God needs a help, little help from me. You know, like God's over his hand now. Come on, help me out, man. Throw me a bone, dude. Please, you know, help, help a God out. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. Look at what, look at what Luke writes in Acts 17, 25. He says, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Right? 
Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. You, if you have air to breathe and the ability to breathe it in, you do understand that is a gift from God, right? I mean, that's, that's something that we, that's baseline. From there, we begin to count all the other ways where God is blessed. He's provided. He's given opportunity. <laughs> we, were, we, we were born into, and or many of us were born into, and live in a nation where, in spite of what people say, there's still more opportunity and more prosperity for those who want to go get it. And a lot of places around the world, that is not the case. And so lest we have any pride or arrogance or looking down at anybody, we can understand. Yeah, a whole lot of what we have is just gift from God, Lord, thank you. Generosity gratefully recognizes God's gifts. He gave first. Paul says to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who, listen, richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He gave it to us. He wants us to enjoy it, but don't forget it came from him. I told you guys how when we started this ministry, we had so very little, and God asked us to walk away from the pursuit of wealth, and that was hard. And we had to do, even in ministry, we had to do things that, that were really counterintuitive. A lot of people didn't understand. because We didn't understand, honestly. And what's funny is you can develop this kind of hard Spartan, yeah, we're serving Jesus, nobody else is, and this is how it is, and da-da-da. And yet God had this crazy habit of blessing us. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, he just kept blessing us, blessing us. It's like, God, what are you trying to say here? I'm trying to be all hardcore. What are you, what are you saying? He's saying, I don't want you to spend your life chasing wealth. That's an empty, dead end. What I want you to understand is, though, that I am a God, a Father who loves you and wants to bless you. I take joy in blessing you. So, yes, it's good that you don't make your life about chasing the buck, chasing money. Seek the kingdom. And I mean it. I really will add all the things you need and some other things that you didn't even expect. Because that's what I do. I'm your Father, and I love to bless you. I got to see his heart differently. And that's why giving becomes a response of gratitude. We understand who he is and what he's given. And one of the beautiful aspects of this is that we're created in the image of God, and so some part of us fundamentally loves to give. Really do. We love to give. Sin mars that. Sin mars the image of God in us, but as one part of the redemptive work of Christ is that he wants to set us free, to become what we were created to be. And part of that is to be generous. Part of us loves to give. You know, we talk about the, that, you know, there's three different approaches to giving, right? There's that you have to give, which, okay, it's a law, you have to give. It's you ought to give, you know, God's been really good to you, so you probably should be generous. And then there's just the simple thing of, man, I want to give because God is good. God has shown love and grace to me. 1 John 3.17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, him, how can the love of God be in him? There's something about the love of God in us that makes us want to be generous. Makes us want to be generous. I think God's circle of blessing is made complete when we are generous. A second reality that is really important, that Paul was the one who brings it out. Okay, generosity opens us to the blessing of God. In other words, it opens us up to the blessing of God. Paul made real clear at the beginning that what you give determines what you get. 
What you give determines what you get. And some people are like, that's not a motive for giving, is it? Well, I'm not saying it's a motive for giving, but it's in the Bible. I'm not going to try to second-guess the Bible. I'm not going to try to be smarter than God, okay? He wanted us to know there's a principle here. Just like in agriculture, what you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Generosity opens us to the blessing of God. That's the law of the harvest. You can't reap what you haven't sown. God wants to bless those who give. You remember what he said in Malachi 3? We talked about the tithe. He said, I want to open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing you can't contain it. As he said, test me in this. See if I won't do it. Try me. And I mean, that, those, that language, listen to the language, open the windows of heaven so much you can't contain it. Jesus used similar language in Luke chapter 6. Look what he said. He said, give and it'll be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. See the similarity? This idea of, yeah, God's not being stingy here. And then he says this, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's a powerful understanding. God wants to bless. He promises. There's a great imagery that is given. It comes from the Bible. We use the phrase tight-fisted. Well, here's where it comes from. Deuteronomy chapter 15. I'm going to read verse 7, 8, then skip down to verse 10. It says, if there's a poor man among your brothers in any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or, there it is, tight-fisted towards your poor brother. Okay? Rather, be open-handed and freely lend him whatever he needs. Open hand. Now skip down to verse 10. He says, give generously to him and do so with a, without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. This idea of generosity, of an open hand versus a tight fist. I've told you before, the beauty of an open hand is not only is it open to give, it's open to receive. And conversely, a tight fist is not open to give. It's also not open to receive. That's what the scripture is trying to tell us. I, I really do believe there is some correlation between our generosity and the, the amount of blessing that God can bring us. You know, just think of it with your own kids. Okay, you, parents, you know you love to bless them. But if you know they're kind of getting spoiled, you know that something you give them is not going to be a blessing. It's just going to become something that's going to be hurtful to them. You're not going to give it to them. You're going to withhold it. But yet, if you know, no, no, they can handle this, they're doing well, they're, they're going to be good with this, you love to do that. In the same way, I really believe there is a sense where if we're tight-fisted and we're hanging on to the resources we have, I want to suggest that that can stop up the flow of blessing that God can give us, because God is in no way interested in kind of pouring resource on us to our own demise. He's not interested in hurting those that he loves. I think generosity is a protection. It sets things right in us in regard to resources. Now, there's also this idea, remember, I've shared it to you before, okay, you know, we, you say you can't take it with you, right? But I want to suggest you can send it ahead, and this is a biblical idea. Remember what Jesus said, don't store up treasure here on earth where moth and rust destroy, but he says this instead, Matthew six twenty. but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. So he's got this idea of there's a way for us to invest that will actually have an impact in eternity. And remember, the scripture talks about eternity (coughs) as real. We got to decide what we believe. We can't think of that as some kind of figurative pie in the sky. We really believe we're eternal and we're created for eternity. 
And understand, that's not the only place that the scripture talks about that. Look what Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 4. He says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. He's thanking them for their generosity. He says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may, what may be credited to your account. What may be credited to your account. And I remember when I first kind of looked at that that way. I'd read that scripture a hundred times. And I realized, wait a minute, I have an account? It was at a time in my life when I didn't have account anywhere. Okay? I barely had a bank account. And if I had, it didn't have anything in it. But there was this idea, wait a minute, I, I have an account? That, that's the kind of thing Jesus is talking to. There's some sense in which you have something. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's a, it's, it's a dollar account. I'm not saying you're going to get a little holy debit card. I'm not saying any of that, okay? I'm just saying the scripture talks about it enough to where I'm like, okay, there's something here. He's telling us there is a way to invest in eternity. He says it again. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus says, go sell your possessions. Give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. So this idea, don't waste it all here. Generosity is a way to take some of it with you, to send it ahead, to invest in something that is eternal. God's circle of blessing is made complete when we are generous. Now, one of the problems we wrestle with is what we call a poverty mentality. Okay, I've talked to you about this a little bit a few weeks ago, I think. Um, the poverty mentality says, okay, there's not enough to go around. Some of us were raised with this. Some of us don't even know it, but we just have this scarcity mentality. There's not enough to go around. You know, we think of life is a zero-sum game. If I give some away, I can never get that back. And so we have this poverty mentality. I'm not going to have enough. And so I can't give. I can't give. I, I want to suggest to you that's a problem. And, and the scripture makes real clear we can afford to be generous because god is our provider that's pastor sean azaro you've been listening to reaching for real life radio and if you'd like to hear this full message called coming full circle or this whole series on the abundant life it's available right now on demand at reallife.org and while you're there we'd appreciate your feedback you can leave us a note on our contact us page or even better your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue find that give tab at reallife.org But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.